Mars aren't monsters. They're men. And that's the most frightening thing about them. Alice Sebold. The Walking Dead, Season 3, Episode 16. Welcome to the Tombs. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. Um, so, I wasn't able to get Alina's brother Alaric uh, on an episode. Um, just some stuff happened, so... Uh, it's been really stormy here. Yeah. Like, bad snowstorms here in Utah. Yeah, if you live in Utah, you know. You know. Um, but, I'm gonna get him on a later episode in Season 4. Um, so, uh, Alina, season finale of Season 3, what do you think about the episode? For a season finale, <laughs> I feel like... Not a lot of stuff happened really? that I was expecting to happen. Okay. So Andrea died, and that was a little bit of a shock for me. I thought she was yeah. going to last a little bit longer. Rest in peace, Andrea. Rest in peace, Milton. Yeah, Rest Milton. Rest in peace, that one kid that Carl shot. Dude, that was Rest in peace, all of dark. Governor's people. That was dark, too. <laughs> yeah. I guess there were some, like, season finale shockers. Yeah. Like the governor shooting at his own people and Carl taking down that kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I was expecting more of a close on the governor's story, but he's mm-hmm. still out there. He's still rumbling around. Yeah, it it kind of season four is in the prison too. Oh, it is. Um, season five, they're sort of nomads. They kind of wander around. Nice. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. There was a lot going on. I feel like yeah, Even, yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't. I I will agree with you. It didn't feel like a season finale though. Yeah, it felt like just a continuation. Which yeah. I guess like. That, that's normal that like yeah. season a season three and four can like be one over our like big arc mm-hmm. yeah uh but let's talk about the governor torturing milton and that whole thing with milton and andrea and stuff okay. so the governor said some really good lines yeah that like made you think during that he said um if i'm gonna tell you a secret milton if there's a threat you end it and you don't feel bad about enjoying it and i thought that was that was such like a like I agree with him that you need to neutralize the threat if there's a threat, mm-hmm. but also you shouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's the thing is like, cause he's like, cause you smell the gunpowder and you smell the blood and that and means smile. that you're alive. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, you could be happy that you're still alive, but like, it's a whole nother level if you actually enjoy killing people to keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. That just tells me that you don't actually like, you don't actually care about the people like you're actually a psychopath if you actually enjoy this you know yeah well i i thought it was a really great uh parallel mm-hmm. to merle and michonne's conversation yeah. because merle was talking about his burden mm-hmm. um and michonne says that like only good people i can't remember exactly what she says but she says basically only good people feel burdens for making hard mm-hmm. choices like yeah. if you're a bad person like the governor you don't feel that bur- burden mm-hmm. because you have destroyed and desensitized your empathy. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting line, and it, it definitely solidified the governor, I think, yeah. in his mindset. Um, I don't oh, oh, go ahead. I don't know how much uh, dialogue, word for word, that they take from the comics, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like whoever has written, who did the screenwrite mm-hmm. for the last few episodes, just has a really great way with words. Yeah. And at not, not just connecting the words between scenes, but connecting the words across episodes and yeah. different conversations within character groups. Yeah, I agree. I And speaking of, like, lines, like, the governor had another good line where he said, Milton said, 
what would your daughter think about who you've become? Mm -hmm. And he said, she would be afraid of me, but she would still be, if I was who I am today, she would still be alive. Yeah. I was that like, was powerful. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, like the governor and I, I think the governor feels so much guilt about his daughter dying. Mm -hmm. Um, and he went the completely like darkest route he could have. Yeah. Like he just, he felt like if he was a monster in the beginning, then his daughter would still be alive. Yeah. But, like, would she, though? Because we see the governor murder his entire uh, platoon, essentially. But it... Because they didn't want to go back and fight. It... It's... I feel like it's different, though. Like, killing people that you kind of force to become your community versus killing your own daughter who you loved before it all happened. I don't know if he would have. Yeah, I'm... I don't know. Because, like, you see in that moment that the governor's, like, off the deep end. Yeah. Like, he's, he's gone crazy. And, like, he... I don't know. I don't know if his daughter would still be alive if he was a monster still. Maybe. Maybe. But then there is that juxtaposition of, like, um, Carl killing that kid. Yeah. And Rick and Herschel taking it very seriously. That, like, yeah. if the kid was surrendering, like, it wasn't right for Carl to shoot him. Mm -hmm. And and Carl's in the mindset of, like, he did what he had to do. Where you're you're seeing the governor having become this monster and you're seeing Carl kind of taking that route too. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, do we have an obligation to other people to help them keep their humanity? Like, um, does Rick and Herschel feel an ob obligation that even though this world is terrifying and like nothing they've ever had to experience before, do they have an obligation to try and keep Carl empathetic and human and if the governor's daughter had survived, maybe he wouldn't have become quite a monster because maybe his daughter would have kept his mm. humanity in check as well. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. Like, because if no one, if no one is like watching out for other people and like looking out for, because everyone has the potential to become evil, you know? Mm -hmm. And if people aren't like checking each other, then like it makes it easier to like, become evil i mean like you look at serial killers mm -hmm. and no one was there to keep them in check like jeffrey dahmer like yeah. he had his first kill because his parents basically abandoned him yeah in the house no one was there to like help him keep him in check through his like his his like mind you know yeah and like not that that would happen to everybody but like i i think we do have a responsibility when we see someone like going off the deep end to keep them in check yeah and i think because people were there for rick when he was going off the deep end he didn't become, like, the governor. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think you're right. I think maybe if the governor still had his daughter and his wife, that he would still, he, he would probably be better mm -hmm. off than he is now. I feel like we've talked about the difference between Rick and the governor's le leadership mm -hmm. before. And I, I think that that's another example is Rick, even though he did establish himself as the leader, he still very much put himself on the same level yeah. as everyone else and involved himself on the same level mm -hmm. where the governor, he became the leader and immediately put himself above everyone else, mm -hmm. which isolated him. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And he didn't, he didn't have anyone else that could like give him constructive criticism, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I'm curious now. What? Um, can you think of an example when someone like made you double check with yourself about, like, your humanity? Um, you do every day. What? Stop <laughs> it! Well, it's like, you know, like, sometimes I'll say something, 
um, like a little bit rude or spicy, you know, mm. and you'll be like, mm, that was a little rude. And I'll be oh. like, like, and I'll be like, yeah, you're right. You know, like little things like that. I don't think, I don't think it's like big things, but whenever, you know, everyone says and does things that aren't right, yeah. you know? And so it's like when, when you have people say little things here and there about like, mm, that wasn't okay. You know, mm-hmm. you should apologize to this person or yeah. maybe you could think this way. Like that just helps people like stay in check. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree completely. I thought about, um, my oldest sister, Abby, mm-hmm. and I remember I got really hurt one day by someone. Um, I tried to reach out and be vulnerable with someone mm-hmm. cause I, wanted to make a friend because mm-hmm. um, I was lonely and I wanted friends mm-hmm. and she just straight up rejected me mm-hmm. um, and I was so upset and I was telling Abby about it and I was thinking about how like selfish this person was and how rude she was and my sister Abby was like but just think about like how insecure she must have felt that she rejected an offer of friendship mm-hmm. and it just it made me completely rethink that and yeah. I whenever I feel like being judgmental towards someone I let I think of distinct like specific people in my lives in my life um and I think about who are really good people mm-hmm. um and I think about how they would respond yeah and then I try to be like that and my sister Abby is one of the people on that list yeah and I think if you isolate yourself like the governor you just ruminate in those thoughts like there were scenes yeah. where the governor was just sitting there ruminating in his thoughts mm-hmm. and just like drinking yeah and alone and like he's probably he was probably having thoughts that we've all had yeah but we've been able to talk it out in a healthy way with another person yeah so that it doesn't escalate yeah yeah and that's the thing it's just like talking to people um so the governor speaking of governor's lines he had another dope ass line he said (laughs) you kill or you die or you die and you kill yeah like i thought that was such a good line it's a good line and it's exactly what the world is yeah yeah, and, and the fact that, like, he, I mean, it was just sick that he was going to make Milton kill Andrea uh, no matter what. Yeah. You know, either as a walker or as a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I, w- I was so mad because, like, Andrea, instead of talking to Milton, she could have just, like, got to to it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, just, she kind of wasted her time, she didn't She wasted it, her she? time a little bit. It's a little bit her fault, yeah. you know? But just like props to Milton for trying and leaving the pliers behind her. Yeah. Milton really came out in the end. Yeah. He was such a pushover, such a doormat. Yeah. And he really pulled through as a decent human being in the end. I think there's a limit to, like, how much people can be a pushover. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a limit to, you know, there's, there's like, a... There's a threshold that everyone has where, like, enough is enough. And Milton... They crossed that for Milton and Andrea. Yeah. And it crossed that for everyone else. Like... When they found out that the governor just murdered everyone, they went over to the other group. Yeah. They went over to Rick's group. Mm-hmm. And... Are we going to see Rick apologize to Tyrese and, uh, what's the girl's name? Sasha. Are, are we going to see Rick and apologize to Tyrese and Sha- Sasha? Possibly. I don't remember. I think, I think they deserve an apology for how yeah. Rick acted. Like, even though Rick was very much experiencing a lot of grief and anger and mm-hmm. trauma. I still think they deserve an apology from him for like waving a gun in their face and telling them to get out. Yeah. But do you think that, um, do you think that they would have been let in if it wasn't Tyrese and Sasha, if it was someone else at the wall to like go see Andrea? Well, I don't know. Cause I mean, it was 
Karen would... maybe Karen would have, like, appealed to anyone yeah. by saying that. But, yeah. I think it's interesting that, like, Tyrese and Sasha decided to stay. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the governor was pissed. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, like, didn't do anything. Yeah. And, what like, what do you think he meant by that thank you? I think he was just putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone else, like, he was still trying to hold on to the facade of, like, this is this is righteous anger. Like this is getting even with people that have taken from us and it wasn't cold blooded. It wasn't just pure revenge. I think it was all about like keeping a facade. I think that if there weren't all the people around them, I think that if Tyrese had gone to the governor, like pulled him aside and told him that he and Sasha were staying, I think the governor would have off them right there. Really? I really think that. Dang. I mean, if they went, they would have died. They yeah. wouldn't have been like characters anymore. Yeah. Or if they, or if the governor forced them to go in front of everyone, maybe the rest of them wouldn't have like wanted to run. They would maybe. have known like, hey, uh, this is a dictatorship, so we have to kind of stay and fight, you know. Yeah. But like, I don't know. A lot of things could have happened differently, and um, I, I just think it's so, like, I, I love Tyrese and Sasha. They've always just been so real and so like blunt. Mm-hmm. with with their leaders which i really appreciate yeah um yeah i'm excited to see more of their characters yeah they're really cool um and uh yeah so let's talk about michonne understanding rick's like giving her away uh-huh. like she said that he had to think about it and i man I, it would be so hard for me to be forgiving for that yeah but i think michonne just like she just knows people so much yeah and so well and she knew what a hard situation the governor put him in, Mm -hmm. you know, like this semi stranger yeah, or your family. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that she has adapted to this world so well. Every time I see Michonne, just the way she stands, the way she talks, she was like ready for it. She was training for this moment. Yeah. Like she, (laughs) there are so many people that are still trying to hold on to the rules and structures and expectations of the old world. Mm -hmm. And she has just gone above it all. Like she has just adapted to the world and what it is right now. And maybe that is because she just, she's always just gotten people so well. She's just always been able to see through them and understand them. Mm -hmm. Her and Daryl, I think adapted the quickest to the world. I mean, everyone has adapt, Mm -hmm. adapted to it, but like her and Daryl, I feel like we're just ready. Yeah. And maybe I don't, know Michonne's backstory yet um but like maybe she's a survivor mm-hmm. of um domestic abuse just like Daryl was mm. um, that'd be an interesting thing yeah yeah but again it's like well Merle was a survivor too um but Merle got a lot harder mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um let's talk about like Carl like he's he's being a little baby He's, he's being a little baby. Yeah. And he, and he, he's, he's obviously upset with his dad. Yeah. And Glenn, Glenn kind of mentions it. And then Rick is like, he's just a kid and it's easy to forget. Yeah. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, cause I, I feel like watching it now, I also forget that Carl's just a kid. Yeah. Like, cause Carl's grown up so much cause he's had to. Mm-hmm. And like the, the viewer is like, oh yeah. He's just a kid. Yeah. Like, he's, like, 12 years old, mm-hmm. 13 years old, and it's crazy, and it, it's no surprise that he he sees all the bad that has happened around him because of, like, trusting people yeah. and why he, he turned into, he's turning into this person that is, 
not very lenient with trusting people. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't want... Because when, at the end, when they bring the the survivors of the governor's party back, um, Carl's not happy about it. Yeah. You know? There's this quote that I really like mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, for the new trendy thing, gentle parenting, which yeah. I think is great. I think gentle parenting is awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's this quote um, about when small bodies... Um, experience big emotions. Mm-hmm. It takes over their whole world. Yeah. And it's so true. Like, there is something so... Di- like, I still get overwhelmed, you know, sometimes by mm-hmm. emotions. But it's so true that when you're this little kid, when you're this little body and you have a big emotion, it really does just take over everything that you yeah. see and feel. And even today... When a child has to grow up faster um, than normal because mm-hmm. of their home situation, because of something they've gone through, and they, you know, have a long period where they're actually very mature for their age, yeah. adults around them get used to that. Yeah. And then when they actually act like a child, the adult forgets. Yeah. The adult forgets that this is still a little body experiencing a very big emotion. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, like... I remember one day I had like this punchy, like this rubber band balloon uh-huh. that I w- I loved just like punching it back and forth and it popped uh-huh. and I cried all day <laughs> Yeah. and I look back on that. I'm like, why the hell would I cry over a popped balloon? No. I, I mean, obviously some other things were probably going on in my head yeah. and in my life that like, that was just like the breaking point, Yeah. you know, but like, and, and I'm sure my parents were like, it's just a balloon. Yeah. Like, Grow up, kid, but, like, I, I was so upset. No, I, I can think of a lot of experience like that. I remember before streaming services, mm-hmm. so, like, early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, on ABC Family every December. I actually, I think about this, every, like, once a year every December because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it was a pivotal moment in my life. Uh-huh. Um, the, you know, the little puppet animations of, like, Santa Claus is coming to town mm-hmm. and... Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer mm-hmm. would show on ABC Family, and this was before you like could record it mm-hmm. um, unless you did a VHS record. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were showing Jack Frost at you know like six p.m. or seven p.m. And we had gone to go look at Christmas lights, mm-hmm. and I knew we had to get home uh-huh. at, like in time to watch the Jack Frost puppet show. Uh-huh. And we came too late. And it was over. And I remember just lying on the floor, oh. crying. Like, <laughs> literally, I was starfished on my back. And my grandma walked over and said, you know, you're going to get pools of tears in your eyes from crying over Jack Frost. Uh-huh. And I did. I had little pools of tears oh. from crying on my back over not watching this little animated movie. Dang. That's probably only, like, 40 minutes long. Yeah, kids have, like, big emotions. And- yeah. Um, another... What's your what's your little body big emotion? Yeah, thing? yeah. I comment wanna... your little body big emotion. Yeah, I want to um, hear about all the little sad babies yeah, that you, you used do, to be. If you do, I will I will mention it in a future episode. I will talk about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, another thing with like kids is Rick. Um, Rick like was immediately biased towards his son. Like when Herschel was like, yeah, yeah he straight up killed him. Rick was immediately like. He didn't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. And Which Herschel is a grown man. Yeah. And Rick is a grown but, man. But, like, here's the thing. Like, how often does that happen? Where, like, you hear something yeah. bad about your kid and you're, like, immediately on your kid's side. It happens so often. Yeah. Like, when, like, I hear of so many stories when the teacher says something that their kid did bad. Mm-hmm. And the parents are like, no, they didn't. Yeah. You know? And, like, 
I, I think it's important to understand, like, and, like, believe... I don't know, like, what are your... Where's the line to toe? Is it... Do you have to, like, know your kid and know if their ki- your kid's a liar? Mm-hmm. You know? Because, like, some kids are just liars and they'll just lie about stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm... Yeah, I think that it happens both ways mm-hmm. where you have this very passive parent, mm-hmm. you know, where a teacher will say, like, hey, your kid was bullying this student Mm -hmm. and the passive parent is all like my kid would never do that like stop talking crap Mm -hmm. but then you have this like dictator parent that like the teacher will be like oh you know well he's been turning in his homework late and the parent just like rails on the kid so I think it does kind of have to knowing your kid knowing they're where they're at you know emotionally and mentally like where your kid is at and also like I don't know, maybe talking to trusted adults. Yeah. We're not parents. I don't no. know if we, I I don't know if like a parent would have something very different to say. Yeah. I can think of my older siblings mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I can see each of them probably acting in a slightly different way mm-hmm. if they got told that their child had done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if like, I wonder if it just, like, depends on the kid or if it depends on the adult or, like, even the parents. But, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting thing um, that happens all the time. And also, I also don't think Rick was really in tune with Carl. Yeah. Like, Rick has been trying to deal with this war and he hasn't really had the time to, like, actually sit down with Carl mm-hmm. with father-son time and yeah. throw the baseball around, you know? like. Honestly, I think that conversation went as best as it could in both parts. The first part where Carl admits right away to shooting someone, Mm -hmm. but he says it's in self-defense and Rick, you know, you can tell, uh, right away that he's shocked, Mm -hmm. um, that he's upset that Carl had to shoot a living person, but right away he's like, you did what you had to. And he validates Carl, Mm -hmm. but then he gets more information from Herschel. And even though he pushes back against it at first, Mm -hmm. Um, like once he realizes this is Herschel's side of the story, he goes back to Carl again. Yeah. So I th- I think it was, and I and, and Rick it. also didn't like yell at him. He didn't yeah. make him feel bad, and like I I think I think Rick understands where Carl is coming from. Mm-hmm. But also Carl, kids tend to think in black and white. Yeah, you know. And, yeah. And Rick Rick doesn't think in black and white. He's very gray in his thought processes. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think the parenting was the best it could have been in that situation. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the governor. Okay. Um, I mentioned while we were watching it that they, they, you know, they obviously went into a trap. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, that's why you do recon before you go in guns blazing. Yeah. Because like, and it's just the governor's fault again, because he was so bent on getting revenge and they just Mm -hmm. go in, waste so much ammo and, and like, he didn't even think about like, oh, maybe they knew we were coming, and so we should have done this differently. Yeah. And then, when his group rebels, he just slaughters all of them. Yeah. Man, what are your thoughts? What are, you, what are okay. your thoughts? Well, crazy, <laughs> crazy thing. <laughs> I mean, <Just> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I. It makes total sense to me. Yeah. He, like you said, he is hell bent on revenge. Mm-hmm. He is self-absorbed. He is prideful. Mm-hmm. He 
like, of course he wouldn't think beforehand. Of course he wouldn't be super strategic at this moment because like, that's not what he's been. Mm -hmm. Like he has been lucky I, on it. I would yeah. say he's been lucky, yeah. um, so far and he's been able to manipulate people yeah. with very little effort. Um, he's been able to get away with a lot of things without a lot of people asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, like it makes perfect sense to me that he was not careful this time that he didn't do a recon that he just went in thinking mm -hmm. he was invincible yeah and just i i can only imagine like the history books like have it be called the governor massacre mm. or something because just like just like stuff like that makes you feel so gross yeah when one person just like decimates so many people mm -hmm. and yeah and I can't believe that those his two guys didn't say yeah. anything, didn't do anything. Martinez, freaking Martinez had every opportunity to get in the truck and drive away without the governor, go back to Woodbury. I would have just killed the governor. He could have done that if too. My, if like while he's shooting people and going crazy, mm -hmm. like why on earth wouldn't I don't I don't understand. I mean, I guess they're just mind controlled by him at this point. Well, so heavily, but like I don't know if I could just, like, watch someone do that. Yeah. I feel like I'd just kill them. It, it might be, you know, manipulation and mind control. But also, I don't know. I, I don't understand how Martinez... And did we ever get the other guy's name? Did they ever tell us his name? I don't remember. Um, Like, they... It's obvious that their leader has become unstable. Yeah. How do you choose willingly to keep following a leader this psychopathic and this unstable. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I feel like, and the fact that no one shot at him either, they're all armed. Yeah. I think they were just shocked. Yeah. Um, I mean that one guy pointed his gun at him, but didn't do anything. Yeah. The governor knew he was, Oh, it infuriates me. I don't, I don't get it. They also, I mean, Karen said this, they're not soldiers. Yeah. Like they're, they probably all live in a suburb before this happened. Yeah. Like they probably worked, at an office like so he had that to his advantage mm -hmm. like martinez if martinez had chosen to i think he could have um taken the governor out because mm -hmm. he talks to daryl um and said like at one point he's like i'm just good at fighting yeah man i don't know it's sad i don't think i could watch him do that though mm -mm. but all right last thing i wanted to talk about was um andrea saying I just didn't want anyone to die. Yeah. And I just thought that was like, like Andrea bugged me a lot. Um, in all the episodes she was in, uh, some less than others, but like, I feel like that was such like a redeeming moment for Andrea for me mm -hmm. personally, because like, I, I understood, I, I now like understand like, this is why Andrea was insufferable because she just didn't want anyone to die. Yeah. And she was fighting so hard to make sure people didn't die, but in that world, like, it's, I mean, in this world, even, like, you can't, you can't guarantee that people won't die. Yeah. You know? You know, I, oh, I kind of always wondered, like, why you disliked Andrea so much, mm -hmm. because that's exactly why I like her so much, mm. is she has had so many people try to control her and put her down, um, and... I think it's because she doesn't listen. She, she is impulsive. Like, she is impulsive, mm -hmm. but, like, she is constantly trying to be a leader and a negotiator, mm -hmm. and I think she could be a great leader, but she just wasn't given the chance. Mm -hmm. 
because she was constantly like being put in quotations put in her plays yeah um so yeah like the reasons that you find andre insufferable are actually the reasons why i really admire her mm. yeah i don't know i i think like i think the biggest thing is that she she wanted it all too quickly mm. instead of like be instead of like you know learning and and humbling herself to eventually like becoming a leader mm-hmm. she wanted it she wanted it all too quickly and she she jumped the gun and made rash decisions because because that's just who she is so i i don't i don't hate andrea anymore <laughs> i used to that's good i understand i understand her character a lot more yeah um but yeah um but yeah i think i talked about anything everything i want to talk about did you talk about everything think so okay cool. i think a whole episode could be dedica- dedicated to andrea honestly well, she's dead yeah she is dead now <laughs> but on- honestly i think a whole episode could have she kind of had a whole episode with michonne no like the your podcast episodes oh i feel like a whole dis- like conversation could be had analyzing andrea hmm. maybe you should do that maybe you have should have a character analysis episode maybe maybe, maybe like as a patreon thing maybe if people want to subscribe to my patreon Ooh, i've had it for all of season three and no one has subscribed yet which i understand but it would help this podcast a lot but the um, best thing you can do is keep listening yeah to this just podcast. keep listening and uh but yeah all right well we will be right back after a short musical interlude with the moral dilemma <laughs> Here's your moral dilemma. I'm ready. Would what would you do if your child killed someone? Wait, okay. <laughs> we need some context. What would you do? What would I do if our few if one of our future children yeah. killed someone? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'd still love them. Mm-hmm. What what's the context though? Did they do it like Carl did where like, they both had a gun, but the kid was handing over the gun, and our child decided to go it, ahead and still I'm gonna shoot. Say, I'm going to say it wasn't self-defense. It wasn't self-defense. Because um, that's forgivable. Okay. I'm going to say they weren't a soldier. Um, was it in cold blood? Yeah. It was in cold blood. Is my child living in a zombie apocalypse like Carl is? And No. No? Because we'll never be in a zombie apocalypse. Never say never. I don't think um, we will. Okay, I, I don't have, we don't have children yet. No, but um, you can, but you can no, still, no, but I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this through. I think that I, we would, st- I would still love our kid unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents always like told me if I burned down the house, they would still love me. Mm-hmm. And if I ran away from home, they would still love me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I became a criminal, they would still love me. Like my parents, mm-hmm. I would, and I'm like four, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a kid. Yeah. I'm just a my, baby. My, my dad, like, would, would kneel down and be like, Alina, if you decided you hated your mom and I, and you decided to run away <laughs> and start smoking and drinking and stealing and become a criminal and then burn our house down with a Molotov bomb, we would still love you. And I'm like four. <laughs> I'm like eating Cheerios. I'm like, cool, dad. Uh -huh. But no, like, I believe them 100%. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that if I have the same level of love for our kids that my mom and dad have for me, of course I'd still love them. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I would let them walk away scotch-free from yeah. their actions. Like, I I would make sure that they... Like, if I had to testify them against them in court, mm -hmm. I would do it. Yeah. If I had to be the one to call the police on them, I I think I would do it. Yeah. I would not be, like, the mom in the patient No. with a... Not Michael Scott, Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell. Great show. Yeah. Not sponsored by Hulu, but a great show. Yeah. I would not be like that mom where it's all like, oh, my son's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I'll just like help him chain up his therapist in his basement. Yeah. That, like that, I was more upset at the mom than the kid. Oh yeah. Anyway, but like, I think, I think the number one, and this might be a controversial opinion, that I have, but I think the number one thing you can do as a parent is love your kid unconditionally. Oh, definitely. I and think that I is think, the answer to so many things. And I think if your kid knows that you love them unconditionally, mm -hmm. they're less likely to kill people. Dang. They're less likely to have emotional issues, right? I mean, I still have plenty of emotional issues, well, but I... No, I, I have never doubted for a second that my mom and dad love me absolutely and unconditionally. A lot of criminals don't have parents that they know and love them unconditionally. Yeah. I I definitely would have more serious emotional issues. Yes. Yeah. And I think um but I'm with you there like I wouldn't I wouldn't like um support them. Did you and, hear my tummy grumble? Yeah. Will you edit that out? No. Anyway, I wouldn't support them in their killing, obviously. Yeah. And I would I would want them to face the consequences of their actions if they killed someone in cold blood. And I wouldn't you know, if they killed someone in cold blood, I wouldn't hide the body. I wouldn't like, yeah. you know, help them in any way. Like, but I would, I would still know that, like, I would still want them to know that I still love them. Yeah. Cause I think that's important. Like, obviously they're in a bad spot mm -hmm. if, you know, they're going to kill someone in cold blood and it's important to know that someone still loves you. Yeah. You know, it'd be so interesting. I wonder if it's ever happened in real life where a child has killed someone in cold blood and brought it to their parents mm -hmm. and their parents were like, I'm not going to help you hide this, but I'm going to be with you all the way. Mm. Like as we come forward with this to the police. Yeah. I wonder. I, that'd be yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that would be interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure there is like a, a thing, like a story about parents standing beside their kid. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like as a parent, I would feel a lot of guilt yeah, like, like it was I, some of your like, fault. Yeah, like, what did I do wrong that this kid that I raised became this way? Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. It shouldn't happen. Um, I'm not planning on no, it happening. No, I'm planning on it happening. But, yeah, interesting thing. I was thinking about it, like, when Rick found out that Carl murdered him in cold blood. Yeah. Like, how do you do that as a parent? Yeah. How do you parent that? You know? Like, you can parent a kid 
being a bully. Yeah. You can parent a kid, you know, like, um, stealing candy from a grocery store. You can't, like, it's so hard to parent that. What do you do, you know? But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think I talked about everything. Do you... I did too. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I have one more episode, and that'll be the end of season three of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. Woohoo! Thank you guys for listening this far, and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zachy the Zombie. Also, feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at feeddon'teatyourbrain at gmail.com. You can also follow Fortune Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can donate to our Patreon page called Feed Don't Eat Your Brain on Patreon. Thank you all for listening, and stay safe and stay sane.